0: About resurrection power, and uh, if you tuned in last week, Pastor John was here and he talked about good news uh, about the gospel, uh, about uh, people's lives being changed. And I wanted to um, continue on in that theme and talk about resurrection power. Uh, We're a people in the revival fellowship that uh, have been—we're witnesses of God's power, aren't we? Where, just as um, Brother Brian was talking about. Uh, his testimony with uh, Mary, his wife, uh, the miracles that he's seen in his family, this is all uh, witnessing God's power. And um, our foundation is the resurrection. Uh, we we believe it, and if you don't have resurrection, you have nothing. And so it's such an important topic uh, to understand. And we know that this time of year, uh, lots of people uh, around the world uh, in the Christian faith look at the story of jesus try to get their head around uh the resurrection of christ but uh, i just wanted to share some scriptures today talking about what the resurrection really means what why uh, uh it is recorded why we believe it and uh and how important it is to our faith so we believe that jesus died and rose again uh on the third day and that is a fundamental belief uh, uh that we hold and here in Romans chapter 6, verse 3, uh, we'll start. And uh, this is Paul writing to the church in Rome, and he was talking to them and, and, and explaining exactly what the link between their experience is and, and Christ's resurrection. Verse 3, and here talking about baptism, know you not that so many of us that were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. And so we know that there's a before and after. When you are born again, uh, you die to your old self and you take on the new. Let's go down to verse five and it says, for, for if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death. We shall also, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. So what an amazing promise that is. That we understand that the things that we 've experienced here, and for me, I came to this this uh, meeting hall uh, twenty five years ago, um, and I spent i think it was two hours two and a half hours here, and I left a totally different man, totally different and uh, this is what paul 's talking about here with the with the baptism. I came here and I heard things like you just heard people um, talking about God as if they knew Him. Uh, they talked about speaking in tongues. They talked about miracles in their lives. I was sitting here, and I believed every word. And uh, there was an invitation for for baptism. I was baptized by full immersion behind these curtains here. Um, soon afterwards, I had prayer for the Holy Spirit. I spoke out in tongues, um, went back to my car, and couldn't relate to anything in, in the car. I had marijuana... Pipe ready to go. I had the music ready to play. I didn't know who this car belonged to. It was, it was a total transformation. And that's what Paul's talking about here. That we have this newness of life. We think different. This is, this is what resurrection power is. Uh, there's a change of behaviour. Just as, um, brother Brian was just explaining how his wife had changed. And he, he saw that change in her. We're freed from sin, and we're alive only to Christ. And uh, and saints, we do not die; we we sleep, or um, if we're alive and remain until the uh, the coming of the Lord, we'll be changed. In the twinkling of an eye, the Bible says. So I just wanted to go through, um, three major stories about resurrection today. So if you want to turn to John chapter 20, and we're going to read, uh, the account of, um, uh, what happened on, uh, the day that, uh, on the morning that Jesus was, uh, uh, raised from the dead. And as you're turning there, so John chapter, uh, 20, we're going to start in verse 1. We pick up the story here that Jesus had been crucified and we as humans treated the Lord horribly. And uh, the worst that we could come up with, uh, we we threw at him. He was, uh, he was betrayed, he was isolated, he was falsely accused, he was mentally uh, abused, he was physically abused, he was lashed, rejected, tortured, humiliated, and then crucified. That's what happened to the Lord before this day. And Jesus took all that evil that he suffered and turned it into glory through his resurrection. He took all that and he turned it into something amazing. He turned it into life. All those things that were thrown at Jesus Christ was connected to death. And Jesus took those things and He He um turned them into resurrected power uh, through through his resurrection. And uh just reading this story here, it always energizes me. When I read through the Word of God and I want to pick something out, when you read about Christ's resurrection, it's just the most amazing story. And generations since have been reading this story and have been amazed by it. And I just want to go through it here in verse 1. Uh, the first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early. When it was yet dark unto the subwooker and saw the stone taken away from the tomb. And, uh, and she runs and comes to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said unto them, they have taken away the Lord out of the subwooker and we know not where they've laid him. And Peter therefore went forth and the other disciple and they came to the subwooker and so they ran together the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the subboka and stooping down, looking in, saw the linen clothes lying. Uh, yet he he went not in. Then cometh Simon Peter, following him, and went into the subboka and saw the linen clothes lie, the napkin that was uh, about his head not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a, in a place uh, by itself. Uh, then went in also the other disciple, and came uh, that came first to Syrophoenicia, and he saw and believed. Now Jesus talked about this. Uh, he talked about his resurrection, and uh, you know the, the disciples went through uh, traumatic time, and and uh, their world was turned upside down. But here was some hope. And we go on to read in verse nine: For as yet they knew not the Scripture uh, that he might uh, rise again from the dead. Uh, Then the disciples went away again to their home. But Mary stood without at the sepulchre weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulchre and saw two angels in white uh, sitting, one at the head and the other uh, at the feet, where the body of Jesus uh, had lain. And they said unto her, Woman, why are you crying? And she said unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew um, knew not that it was Jesus. Uh, verse 15, Jesus said unto her, Woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? And she thought that he was a man in charge of the garden. So she said unto him, uh, Did you take him away, sir? Tell me where you've put him and I'll go and get him. And Jesus said unto her, Mary, and she turned herself and said unto him, Rabbono, which is to say, Master. What a, what an amazing story here that Jesus, uh, that, that, that Mary sees Jesus and instantly, um, her faith was restored, wasn't it? And calling him Rabboni, her, her Master, um, the one that was teaching her about resurrection, teaching her about the Kingdom of God. So we go down to verse 19, and we see here. Um, then that same uh, that same evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for the fear of the Jews, uh, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. And when we're reading these things, just picture. Uh, what was going on um, in the disciples' minds, and and how this happened? Jesus just appears there uh, in the middle, verse twenty. And when he had uh, so said, he showed unto them uh, his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Uh, that's a bit of an understatement, isn't it? They would have been delighted, elated. They would have been, they would have been just jumping out of their skin, going, "It's back on." Um, our walk with the Lord's back on. He's going to teach us. Uh, it's not, the, the crucifixion wasn't the end of the story. It goes on. And verse 21, then said Jesus unto, uh, unto them again, peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, even so, uh, send I you. And when he had thus uh, said this, he breathed them, he breathed on them and, and said to them, receive you the Holy Ghost. Uh, uh, whosoever sins you remit, they shall be remitted unto them. And whosoever sins you retain, uh, they are retained. And here the Lord was giving them a prophecy that uh, when they receive the Holy Spirit, they too will be involved in the gospel of salvation. That uh, the things that uh, they were going to experience, they were going to preach to others and others would have their sins forgiven and they would have their place in the kingdom of God so Jesus was saying, "Things are going to get more exciting than this. Uh, this is just the beginning." Verse twenty-four. But Thomas, uh, one of the twelve, called Didymus, uh, was not with them when Jesus came. And the other disciples therefore said unto him, "We have seen the Lord." But he said unto them, "Except I see uh, his hands and the print uh, and, and the print of the nails, and put my finger into the the print of the nails." And thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. You can see here that Thomas, he must have been heartbroken. He must have been shattered. Um, and, uh, it, it was just, it, the things that were going on the last few days, it was just all too much. And, uh, he was, um, he, he was just closed and, uh, and, and didn't want to think about uh, what had just happened, but we'll just go on and, and read in verse 26. Uh, and after eight days again his disciples were within, and Thomas was with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be unto you. And then saith uh, he to Thomas, Reach um, hither thy finger, and, and behold my hands, and reach... Hither thy hand and thrust it into my side. Be not faithless, faithless, but believing. And Jesus wanted to. Um, Jesus knows our, our weaknesses. He knows what we're going through. And and Jesus here uh, with Thomas, he wanted to solidify with Thomas his belief in the resurrection, saying, "Tom, Thomas, you can believe. You can let your guard down and and believe. You're not going to be." um let down. Uh, if if you're going to be emotionally tied with this, you will be let down. If you're going to believe spiritually, if you're going to believe in my word, stand on my word, you'll never be let down. And 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 see the uh the answer and the reaction from Thomas here in verse 28. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me and thou has believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe. Folks, that's a prophecy about us. That uh, we're reading this story here, and we're we're looking at the resurrection of Christ, which in the the natural mind we uh, we try to understand, but through the Holy Ghost within, and through the experience that we're living, the miracles that we're experiencing, the change in our lives we we understand uh, the resurrection and many other signs truly did uh, Jesus in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book uh but these uh, are written that it, that it, that uh, you might believe that Jesus is uh, is uh, the Christ the son of God and believing you might have life through his name through his renown through uh his his fame, the things that he did. Let's go to um, we'll go to John chapter eleven, look at um, the story of Lazarus. And we know that uh, the name Lazarus uh means um, God has helped. And as we're going there, just wanted to um, uh paint the picture and 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 give you a bit of uh uh an intro to the to the story here uh this is a this is a type uh, we know it's a very, very famous story, but here it's a type that, uh, um, this is what was going to happen to Jesus after, uh, he was going to be raised, uh, from death. And that we too are going to be resurrected from the dead. That this is a, this was a, a type to teach us and, and to demonstrate, uh, uh, who Jesus really is. And uh, while we're going there, I just want to quote two uh, verses. In John chapter 14, verse 15, and uh, these two verses come out in this story. This verse here says, If you love me, keep my commandments. Okay, so there's lots of people on on this planet that say they love Jesus. But the scriptural way to love Jesus is to keep his commandments, to, to listen to what he's saying and to obey them. That's how the Bible defines uh, loving the Lord. The second thing, uh in I'll just quote this again, John chapter fifteen, verse fourteen, it says, You are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Okay, so if you want to love Jesus, you keep his commandments. If you want to be a friend of Jesus, uh you keep his commandments. Everything that he instructs you to do, you do. And both you love him and you'll be a friend. And this family here, uh, Mary, Martha and uh, Lazarus, they were both friends of Jesus and they loved Jesus. And it comes out in this story. Um, Start in verse 1. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of of Bethany, the town of Mary and uh, her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters went unto him, saying, Lord, behold, uh, he whom you love is is sick. uh, When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister, and Lazarus. And when he had heard therefore that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place uh, where he was. Uh, Then after he saith unto his disciples, Let us go into Judea again. And his disciples said said unto him, "Um, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and you're going there again. So, uh, the, the Lord's always in control, and you can see it in, in the next verse here in verse 9. And Jesus answered, There are not twelve hours in the day, and if any, man, if any man walk in the day, he stumbles not, because he sees the light of this world. But if a man walks in the night, he stumbles, because there is no light in him. These things said he after that he said unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps but I go that I might awake him out of his sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, uh, if he sleep, he shall do well. How about Jesus uh, uh, Spake about his death? But they thought he had spoken about taking a rest and sleep. And then Jesus said unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And Jesus knew exactly what was going on here. He knew exactly how the the people in Bethany wanted the Jews there wanted to stone him and kill him, but um, Jesus is in control of all things in verse fifteen and i'm glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent that you may believe, nevertheless, uh, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus unto his fellow disciples let us go that we may die with him you see that thomas comes out in this story again seeing that thomas's relationship with the lord is very natural and emotional he loved him and uh but but to be a true witness you need to be born from above um even though uh thomas he loved the lord and he was willing to die um the relationship that you need to have with the Lord is one where you're born again where you have the spirit of God within and uh we know that uh, as we just read uh Thomas just based on on his own natural appreciation of the Lord wasn't enough uh when when the pressure was on uh he crumbled but uh, later on we know that uh, Thomas received the holy spirit and walked on strongly with the Lord verse 17 then when Jesus came he found Um, uh, that he had been laying in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about fifteen furlongs off. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. Uh, But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever you shall ask of God, God will give it thee. And Jesus said unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. And Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? And here again, Jesus is solidifying Martha's faith and he's saying to her, the things that I've taught you and that Jesus must have been teaching um, resurrection about uh, being raised from the dead and here she is just, just saying, Lord, give me some insight. And the Lord said, all you need to do is to listen to me and be obedient to me. Um, and go, we'll just go on in verse 27. And she said unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which shall come into the world. And when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary her sister secretly, saying, The Master has come and calleth for thee. And as soon as she heard that, she rose quickly and came to him. Uh, now when Jesus was not yet come into the town, uh, but it was that place where Martha met him, and the Jews then that were with her in the house uh, and comforted her, when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and, and went out, followed her, saying, She's gone to the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother had not died. And Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, Um, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? And they said, "Uh, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. Now, this is the shortest verse in the Bible, but it's um, it gives us a major insight to how closely the Lord is involved in our lives and how connected he was with this family, that just as we read about loving the Lord and being a friend of God, uh, this family here must have um, uh, received his word and been obedient to him. And uh, you can see the reaction of the Lord. And uh, it's true with us. If we're obedient to the word of God, uh, and we have, we've been born again, that Jesus wants to be involved in our lives. And uh, it's a, a really uh, amazing insight here to how closely the Lord gets involved with us. And we need to remember that. Verse 36, Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And, and some of them said, uh, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused even this man should not have died? And Jesus therefore groaning within himself, cometh to the grave, uh, it was a cave, and a stone uh, laid upon it. And Jesus said, "Take away the, sto- uh, the stone." And Martha, the sister of him which was dead, saith unto him, "By this time ta- this time he stinketh, uh, for we have been dead four days." And Jesus said unto her, "said I un- say- said I not unto thee that if if you believe, you shall see the glory of God." And they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes, said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I know that you hear me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they might believe that you have sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound with a napkin. And Jesus said unto them, Loose him, and let him go. And many of the Jews which uh, came to Mary uh, had seen these things which Jesus did, believed on him. It's You just look at this story here, and it's basically repeated um, in uh, the account of John where Jesus was raised from the dead um, he took off his his napkin and his his grave clothes and and folks that is our there's a promise to us that uh, our brothers and sisters that have uh, died in the lord uh, they are sleeping and when they hear the voice of the son of God they shall awaken um, just for the the sake of time we'll we'll go um we'll go to mark chapter nine so this is the the third example so Jesus is saying that those that are, are asleep will rise again. And in this example here in Mark chapter 9, Jesus is showing us that flesh and blood can be transfigured into a body of light, that this again is a truth and it's something that uh, we can rely on. It's a promise that, that's come from God. Um, in verse, We'll start in verse 2, chapter 9, verse 2 in Mark. And after six days Jesus taketh um, with him Peter and James and John and leads them up to a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his raiment became shining exceeding white as snow, as no fuller on earth can, uh, can white them. And there appeared unto them Elias and Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter answered and said unto Jesus, Master, it's good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles: one for thee, and one for Moses, and one for Elias. For he did not know what to say, for he was sore afraid. Now, I don't blame him either. Like imagine seeing this. Imagine seeing Jesus Christ, who was flesh and blood, change into a body of light right before you. And folks, that is what's going to happen to us if we're obedient to the Lord. Um. We'll go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We'll just touch on a couple of verses here. And this is uh, Paul the Apostle teaching the the church in Corinth about uh, the things that we've just read and, uh, again, uh, telling them that these promises of resurrection, these promises of eternal life, uh, are fundamental. We need to believe them. We can't change them. Uh, We'll start in... um, I was going to read verse 1 to 8, but do that for homework. Uh, that is the gospel we believe. Um, go down to verse 34. And he says here, Awake unto righteousness, and sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. So some somewhere along the line, the church here in Corinth, some people got in and said there was no resurrection. They couldn't understand it, so it. it, it it's, uh, it's not true. And, and Paul here is pulling them up and saying, if there's no resurrection, you're men most miserable. If you're only receiving blessings from God in this life, you're men most miserable. This life is a stepping stone into glory. And don't ever forget that. And don't ever, um, rewrite that or reteach some other doctrine. Uh, verse 35. But some say, how are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Thou fool, that uh, which thou sowest um, is not quickened, except it die. He's just saying to them, you do this each day. You get wheat, which looks really, really dry, and it's not the same form of where it was harvested, and you do it every day. You put it in the ground, this dead-looking seed, this dry seed, you water it, and then it comes to life, and you can't you can't get your head around that Jesus can do this for you, and and he's just he's just pulling them up and saying you do not want to miss out on this resurrection. Uh, uh, uh verse thirty seven it says, "And that which thou sowest, thou sowest uh, not that body that shall be, uh, but uh, but bare grain." that it might have a chance of wheat and some other grain. And God gives, gives it a body that has pleased him and to every seed its own body. You, you, you see this in nature. God has put this in nature and the same sort of thing is going to happen. Go down to verse 42. Also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption and it is raised in incorruption. It's the same thing he's telling the folks. And we've got to remind ourselves too that, uh, life as we know it, uh, can change in a moment. Uh, it is sown in dishonour and it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness and it is raised in power. Um, it is sown in natural body. It is raised in spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And Jesus showed this. He, he took the disciples up to the mountain. And he was transfigured before them to, to let them know that it, it this is true. Uh you will be changed in the twinkling of an eye. Verse forty five. And so it is written, The first Adam, the first man Adam was made a living soul, and the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit uh that um was not first which is spiritual but that which is natural, and then afterward that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is of the Lord from heaven. And as the earthy, such are they that are earthy. And as the heavenly, such as they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. So these are all promises to take hold of. This is the way it works. We come into this world naturally and we have a living soul within us. The gospel's presented to us and if we take God's invitation, if we repent from our sins and we're baptised uh, by full immersion and ask for God to fill us with his Holy Spirit, you'll be transformed from, from this life here into the next. And then that's the order. Verse 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump, uh, the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed for this corruption must put on in, uh, this uh, corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality so so when this corruption shall put on incorruption and this mortal shall put on immortality then shall be brought to pass the saying which is written death is swallowed up in victory o death where is thy sting o grave where is thy victory the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law, but thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord and, and uh our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labour is not in vain in the Lord. And this is the knowledge that um Paul was talking about. Uh, to uh, the church in, in Corinth, saying that you must understand and believe these things. And if you understand and believe these things about the resurrection, about our new life, um, uh, nothing, nothing you do in serving the Lord will be in vain. Nothing will be worthless. Nothing will be pointless. It all adds uh, to God's overall plan. And God sees... Um, and, and is interested in the little things. He sees our, our he, he hears our prayers. He sees the things we're doing for our brothers and sisters. It's all adding uh, to the kingdom of God. Um, let's go to Acts chapter one. Just for anyone here that um, is listening in, and you want to be part of the first resurrection, you want to be, uh, you want to experience um, the resurrection uh and, and the power that comes from that through the Holy Spirit. Well you can. In Acts chapter two, it talks about um what you need to do. What you need to do to prove that you love the Lord, what you need to do to prove that you're a friend of God. Um, in Acts chapter one it talks about um uh uh, Luke's giving an account, and and Theophilus is receiving this account here, right up the uh, in in verse one, um, and it's an account of what Jesus was teaching and preaching and the miracles. John, he talked about. Look, if I was to put everything that Christ did in a book, there wouldn't be a book able to. The earth is not big enough to contain that book. There is so many infallible proofs, and that's that's uh, here. Uh, in verse two, uh, in verse three here, to whom he showed himself alive after the passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Now, is, is the resurrection from the dead true? Well, there, there was so much proof of that that it's now infallible. It, it's, uh, you, you, ju- you need to believe it, you need to get on board and you need to make yourself are ready for the coming of Jesus Christ Um, we'll go to Acts chapter 2 verse 37 on the way there um, the first church when they received the Holy Spirit they spoke in tongues you can read that but we won't read it now for the the sake of time but um, uh, read it from verse 1 through to verse uh, 4 but at verse 37 um, Peter stood up and he started to expound the word of God he was talking about the story of Jesus, he talked about um, saving themselves from this generation, saving themselves. Uh, he identified that the last days will look like this. God will pour his spirit out upon all flesh. Verse 37, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? The most important question uh, in the Bible, how do we move from this natural life uh, into uh, the spiritual life, eternal life. And Peter said unto them, Repent. Turn away from your old life. Drop your old ideas. Look forward to a change of heart and a change of mind. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as are our Lord, our God, shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exult, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. And they that gladly received the word were baptized. They were the friends of God. They were the ones that that loved Jesus. And the same day, there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Folks, this is the good news. This is uh, what's going to happen. And... Uh, It's infallible. You can rely on it. The Word of God is is here for us to stand on and uh, and to share with uh, uh, this world. And all people said, Amen.